0: Hello and welcome. It is your money. And reminding you this morning, if you have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is 8886-ADVICE. Or email your questions to your money at yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Right now, though, you can call or text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Here once again is Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor, Peg Webb, and the founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor, Bruce Helmer.
1: Welcome. Hello. How are we? Good morning. I'm great. How are you guys? I'm good.
2: I'm good, too. Hello, ladies. Good to be with you both. Susie Jones, Peg Webb. Hey, Susie, uh, Peg and I, uh, today we're going to talk about women and investing or women and financial planning. And Peg, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, we started doing this topic a long time ago. Didn't you actually, uh, I think a lot of what we're going to talk about today, did you actually create a lot of this content? You used to do a seminar uh, specific to women and investing, right? I'm remembering that right, aren't I?
1: Yes. Yes, I did. And and it was probably the most enjoyable time at Wealth Enhancement Group um, just educating women how different we are in the way that we think, in the way that we act, what we prioritize, etc. And here it is uh, two decades plus later. And I still see the kind of the same issues, Bruce, with women, although I used the statement even two decades ago, we've come a long way, baby. Do you remember that, Bruce?
2: And uh, it, it, it just came back to me and you used to start with uh Shania Twain song or, or something at the beginning oh, yeah. of your seminar, right?
1: So this will just tell the audience how um, confident, I guess, or bold I was at the time, but we would have that song going as loud as possible. And then I would like dance in the studio, like where the workshop was And it was, you know, we were all clapping and singing to feel like a woman. And then I would get up in front of the audience and say, stop, be quiet. This is this is a serious workshop we have here. What are you guys doing? And then they would just look at me like, oh, we can't have fun. And so it was a great time. I don't do those anymore. Um, because this radio has been on for decades, and I think a lot of our followers listen to this show. But today, I'd like to talk about some of the things that are still the same two decades ago. And a lot of things have made so much progress, which I'm proud of, too, Bruce.
2: So when when we first started to do this, or you started to do this, I felt a little funny. And even today, I think I, I feel a little funny about concentrating or isolating just on women like somehow they're different or it, it almost seems um like it could be insulting like we have to just focus on you gals right now but, you know and, and treat you differently and and I know it's not intended to be that way and and, and I got to get over that because that's that that's on me that's not on on you um and the other thing is I always think that I don't have the same perspective that a woman does. I can't as a man. Um, so I'm going to chime in here if I think I've got something to add to the discussion. But the truth is, I, I'm not a woman, and and, and I, I'll never know what it feels like to be a woman. And, and I do know that men and women are different, okay? we're not. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but men and women are definitely different in a lot of things in life. And men and women are different when it comes to investing and when it comes to financial planning. And, and and yet a lot of the things that we coach are going to be the same. We're not going to coach women to do dramatically different things than we would coach a couple to do or a man to do. But a woman's perspective is different and women have challenges that men are never going to have, like having children perhaps and, and other things. So, I don't know uh, this is uh, this is kind of you're the woman here I'm not where do you where do you <laughs> start and I'll follow along with you as best i can
1: yeah and and a hundred percent of what you just said, Bruce, is accurate in that we don't necessarily have to treat women differently, they buy the same investments, we do comprehensive plans, you know for women in the same way that we do for men, but we are different in that the way that we approach things, and what do I mean by that? Well, originally, a couple de- decades ago, it was in, in the dancing in the studio and doing those workshops was just to raise the level of confidence that we can do it, and it's, we're just going back now, Bruce, um, historically a little bit, where the men kind of took care of the money. And um, a lot of times the women in the household would do the checkbook and the balancing and all that, but usually the guy would be doing the investment, investing and in watching, you know, that money. So things have changed tremendously, and I would say that uh, women have so much more confidence than today. So let me go back to my approach with women is probably different than my approach with men because... Um, Women actually, uh, you know, dynamically, they just are now interested and much more educated. And and by the way, a lot of women are independent today. So they're not leaning on someone else, you know, to help them with their money. So a couple of stats. Um, women technically have discretion over $10 trillion in the U.S. household today. Uh, there's more women in the workforce fl- fl- There's more women that uh, own businesses. Women now have, you know, college degrees and and higher professional degrees. Um, But we still have this thing called the gender pay gap. And it is narrowing where women um, are getting closer to what men are getting paid today. But it's still in 2020 was 83 cents of the dollar. And I'm I'm embarrassed to say that that would even be today. And then. Um, it's not just women today. Um, I'm in a group within Wealth Enhancement Group, and it's, it's a group of people that just want to make sure that diversity in all forms, not just women, but, you know, everyone else that might be, um, well, outside of a man, is we want to just make sure that everybody gets equal opportunity. And so I like to be in that women's huddle that we have uh, monthly, because we talk about that, and how can we get Wealth Enhancement Group to be even uh, more enhanced in in making sure that we are, you know, fair to everybody, Bruce?
2: Yeah, you know, and and I'm glad you brought up the 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 pay inequity. Um, I, you know, I a few minutes ago, in terms of ways men and women are different or challenges that women face that men don't, the first thing I thought of is that women have babies and men don't. But you brought up probably the most important one, that women are not still to this day are not paid as much as men. And I don't understand that. I, I mean, look, I, I, I'm i married. I have a daughter. I am I absolutely think men and women should be paid equally, but yet I... I also don 't think you can just pass laws and mandate that everybody's paid the same, but i don 't understand, and i don 't want to politicize this, but i don 't understand people that hear about this wage discrepancy and they 're not troubled by it it doesn 't seem to bother them or they think it 's right they think it's they think it's fair there's let's be honest there's still a lot of men that see you know women as second class citizens, and even taking it to our industry peg. You're a pioneer. 20 years ago, there were hardly any female advisors, you know, nationwide, and that's changed a little bit, although women are still decidedly a minority in our industry. And I don't want to speak for you. You'll tell me, you know, how you feel about it. But if you were ever introduced and I think you were, you know, at various times in your career, one of the top female advisors in the country, you would say, no, I'm one of the top advisors in the country, period, with men and women combined. And, you know, any metric you want to use, any measuring stick, you know, you're a top one percenter in this industry. And, again, we've seen changes, but I, on behalf of women, I feel, feel frustrated for you that it's not happening as fast as it should
1: yeah and, and in our uh financial services profession and the way that the the companies used to be, meaning uh to be a financial advisor, you know you had to knock on doors and you had to make cold calls and you had to confront people and and it would just was something that uh women just chose to to go down a different path, but I'd like to switch this now um and just say women are great advisors because of our compassion and not that guys don't have this, but I'm just saying women have um, inherently just in them compassion for people and um, uh, really good listeners. And, you know, uh, people look at us as uh, just, you know, immediately people that we can, that we're somebody that they can trust. So, we have the great skill set for this job. But then when it comes to, let's flip this a little bit. Let's take the woman investor versus a man. So not talking about women advisors here now. We're just talking about women and Bruce. When we meet women, you know, we go through the same comprehensive planning. Um, but but women are just inherently too, want to be more conservative. They just want to, you know, they feel like, oh, we worked so hard for these dollars. Please don't lose my money, you know, and then women still live longer than men. So we have to have a percentage of growth in the portfolio to make sure that you don't run out of money before you run out of time. And so I have deeper conversations with women about that and what percentage they need in growth and what percentage they need in SAFE. And I can get them there. I can educate them well enough, and I know you do, Bruce, as well, that these are the reasons that you need to do this. And what I can tell you is women are so great. When we build these comprehensive plans, they follow them. They follow the plan to the T, and um, they don't get sidetracked by, hey, I just found this or I just got this tip on this great stock. I'm going to go buy that stock and go Totally outside the comprehensive plan. They don't do that. And because of that, and we know this, Bruce, that comprehensive plans, um, if people follow them, they have such a greater probability of success than others that derail themselves wanting to go buy the hot stock or wanting to jump out of a market that is like it is today. I don't get calls from women. They just believe that that's the plan we need to follow or things long-term are not going to work out for us. Bruce?
2: Um, the other thought that occurs to me, and again, I, I don't mean to hijack this from you, and maybe you were going to go down this road also. Another unique issue that I think women face is that we know statistically women live longer than men. And, you know, I, I always... In my speaking engagements, when I talk about the fact that we 're living longer, I always you know I make a joke out of it and say i 've got good news and bad news. good news is we 're living longer bad news is we 're living longer and What I mean by that is if you li- you 're living longer, your money has to last longer. so again, should women and men be investing a little bit differently well yes, maybe if if we 're talking about different time horizons and, and the other observation I would have, although I don't have any statistical evidence to back it up, and I'd be curious to see if you uh, have a similar sense. But I think when there's an age difference on couples, I think the vast majority of the time, the, the male is older than the female. So statistically speaking, even if they're the same age, the woman statistically lives longer. But if she's five or six or seven years younger, then she's really got a high degree of likelihood to to be here after he is, and so the planning for her is different because we're we, maybe we're talking a decade longer that that she's going to need money for after he's gone. Is, does that resonate with you? Does that seem right?
1: Yes, that is absolutely uh reality, and it it is reality right now. I, I I'm just thinking right now of how many couples I have where there's a five to 10 year difference. And what that actually, what happens because of that is it's almost like I ignore the guy, right? I'm planning for her age, longevity versus his. And then we also uh, create, you know, um, more strategic um, decisions, like Social Security and Medicare and all these other taxes and all these other things because of that um, different in age. But I also want to say, Bruce, too, what I notice is that women tend to um, align, they want to align their investments with their values, like what's really important to them. And I'm finding more and more that people want to be environmentally responsible. And they ask about, um You know, is there is there some way to invest that would be better for the planet? You know, and is there something that I can do to make an impact or to accelerate us thinking about? So one simple, simple um, statement is uh, when I grew up and I'm sure this was your situation, too, Bruce. But, you know, we were driving down the road in the station wagon, you know, with the seven kids and we would throw trash out the window. I mean, I can't even fathom that we would have done that at that time, but that was normal. So that was a huge impact change and now recycling. And now it's taking it that and saying, okay, I want to invest in things that are progressive for helping our, um, you know, our environment and and the future for our children. So, Bruce, I just wanted to throw that in that I, I tend to witness and you probably do, too that women tend to want to invest, you know, that is more correlated to what's important to them.
2: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I also think, and again, uh, I I know we've only got a couple minutes left in the first half, and I want to make sure you get to everything that you want to get to. But um, you, you talked about how women are better at following the plan. And I've joked in the past that Again, that's a difference between men and women. Men think they know everything and they don't need to stop and ask for directions. Now, that dates me because now we have smartphones and Siri tells us exactly where we're supposed to go, and men will use, we'll use that. But men, men tend to, you know, I think get sidetracked or think they know something that the advisor doesn't know or they hear about the hot stock. And you're right that the women are more likely to listen to the advisor and follow the plan and acknowledge. This is not their area of expertise. And you also mentioned that women tend to be more conservative. I think that's also, again, what I, what I generally find. Um, do, you, do you find, Peg, that, that women are aware of this um, reality that statistically they're probably going to be here longer? And do they, do they demonstrate fear or concern? Fear is too strong. Um, concern? that they don't want to run out of money before they run out of time, or they don't want to end up being, I always hear this, you know, I don't want to be a bag lady someday. They're aware of the fact that they're going to be here longer, right, and are probably more concerned. That's accurate, yes?
1: Yes, that's absolutely accurate, Bruce. And um, I'm not sure how much time we have left, but I would say the awareness of all of that has accelerated 1,000% in the last two decades.
2: And Bruce. so has that so has that change the way that you plan then? We still got about three minutes, beg. but does that that change the way you do things? I mean, are you doing things differently now than you did 10 years ago when it comes to advising women?
1: You know, I I would say that it's, it's more so about the education around comprehensive planning and going through what's important with them. That's not any different than a couple that comes in or if a guy comes in all by themselves, that's not the difference. It's just the way that we approach it. And I find, too, that women tend to really care about their kids and grandchildren. And so when it comes to legacy planning, we're probably going into more depth of that type of planning if it's a woman versus a a guy. That's just... My practice, Bruce, and and what I'm witnessing.
2: You know, we always in the second half of the show we always hope for questions from listeners, either texting or or calling. Um, and and today's no different. But I really would invite women out there listening. If you have a specific issue that that you think pertains to to you um, uniquely or women uniquely, or you've had positive or negative experiences with a financial advisor? Have they treated you differently? Have you had an advisor that uh, only talked to the guy and uh, the man or your husband and seemed to ignore you? I just, I would really like to hear women's experiences today, either with with phone calls or or texts. And, And again, of course, we always want as many questions as possible, and then Peg you know i don't know if again if you i I keep probably stepping on your toes a little bit here, but I also want to make sure you know in the second half we'll get uh, listeners involved and hopefully some women involved in that, but also if there's any you know key takeaways, I want you to think about you know what what you want to convey to our audience that after the show's over today that they bring with them, you know, kind of key things about this topic. Again, we're talking about women in investing or women in financial planning and how is it different, how is it the same, and uh, and hopefully listeners involve Susie in the second half, and hopefully some women will get involved with us in the second half of the show.
0: All right, very good. It is time to take your calls and your texts at 651 651- Four six one nine two two six. The texts are coming in as well. One of the questions, what's the difference between needing a financial planner and a financial advisor? We'll get to the answer to that question coming up after this quick break. You're listening to Your Money with Bruce Helmer and Peg Webb. Welcome back. It is your money. If you have a financial question for Bruce or Peg, you can call this number twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. That number is eight 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 six advice. At any time as well, you can email your questions to your money at wealthenhancement dot com. But right now, for the next twenty five minutes, you can. Text or call 651-461-9226. Now here once again, Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce
2: Helmer. Welcome back to both of you, Bruce, Peg. Thank you, Susie Jones, and and hey, Susie, I want to ask you a question too, and then Peg, I want to make sure that you uh, that you've you've talked about all the things that you want to talk about. But listeners, if if you joined us late or uh, what we talked about in the first half of the show was women in investing or women in financial planning. And if you've been with us the whole time, thanks for sticking in there. But we talked about challenges that women face, and we talked about challenges that women face in the financial services industry. And, uh, and I got to tell you, um, I'm married to a singer, and in in that industry, Women are are a minority. Have had challenges, and Susie, you had to have had challenges unique in your industry, a woman in you know in broadcasting or you know the the talent industry. Um, anything you, you want to share with listeners or share with us?
0: I would say that it's a, probably a different show, but equal pay for the same job is one thing. But I wanted to mention about divorce, Peg, because that will force a person into financial ownership of their lives pretty quick. And if you've never been very savvy, it can be kind of jolting to figure out, you know, money coming in, money coming out. You have to be a lot more
1: careful when you're on your own. Peg? <clears throat> that is a excellent point, Susie. And it is, it's devastating. I mean, it's, um, Because now I'm talking about women and let's say their uh, first and foremost interests. So when I, you know, talk to women and especially when they're going through a divorce, you know, their first, let's just say it's Sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. and maybe the guys are watching football and maybe they're during halftime, they're looking at their investments and they're, you know, thinking about money. But women are off with the grandchildren or, you know, they're um, entertaining themselves in a different way, maybe having a luncheon with other women. And so what happens, Susie, is you're right, they're not prepared. So the wage gap, that's still very, very real. And one thing that kind of bugs me is the lack of women on the board of these companies out there. So. That's another one that we need to make advancements in, in getting uh, decisions made at the, the very, very top. And so when it comes to divorce and the wage gap, I think you have to, you, I mean, you, write a, you just have to regroup. And we're excellent at helping people do that. But what I can tell you, Susie, is my witnessing of women that have gone through divorce, um, their life is never, ever, ever the same meaning you know if they weren't in the workforce then they have to go get a job and if they were in the workforce it's okay but you were you had you know dual incomes and and um we actually offer to help you know going through divorces and trying to make it equal for both parties because when they start dividing things up, what I find is women don't understand if that's a better asset to keep or a better asset to, you know, have him take. So we try to guide people in that too. So, but what I want to do here is just whether it's wage gap, whether it's a divorce um, you know, what can you do as a woman to try to make up for that because that is reality. And there's a lot of things in life that we just have to work around and make sure that we're taking the steps to try to get it equal. So when it comes to finances, you know, women have to work harder to save more money, you know, so whether it's in your employer plan or getting a, um, you know, a match from an employer or, you know, doing an extra Roth, you know, or, you um, you know, just trying to get savvy about your money, because that's going to help you. Women, I already mentioned in the first half of the show, women do not like the risk as much as men do. So what happens is, especially when I first meet um, in these introduction meetings, some women, they're so underweighted in stocks and growth. Um, And so we need more education there. And then a lot of times, uh, so much cash and being conservative, which has been awful for years and years because the short term savings rate was basically zero. And then trying to prepare for retirement, I see too that they're waiting too long. i mean i would I would encourage all the women out there that you more so than anyone, has to start earlier because um long term care costs, like we live a lot longer statistically still today. So what happens is a lot of that money goes to either caregiving, you know, for the parents, because guess what? It usually is one of the daughters in the family that's taking care of mom and dad. And that usually takes them away from their work. And they need to make up for that, too. And they also have to save for their own long-term care, because the probability is that they're going to be there, strategies about Social Security, um, and then just working hard to reduce your taxes if you can. And then lastly, I'll just say you have to have a comprehensive plan. Um, Women tend to be okay getting help from people that know things more so than they do. I always tell people that come in to see myself is, I have no idea what you do for a job and you're great at it, but how about you know, you working with me or Wealth Enhancement Group as a whole to get educated on your money and get the confidence. Because once again, I believe as women have a plan, they work the plan and the probability of success is just raised. So um, I want to say a thousand percent because they follow the plan. Bruce?
2: Yeah, I I could not agree more. And uh, thank you for for emphasizing that big. And, And again. Um, I can say that I, I can try to. I, I I always try to put myself in my client's shoes to the extent that I can. But look, I can't. I'm not a woman. I can't be a woman, and I'll never have the same uh, insights and sensitivity to the to the issues that you face that you will. And and uh, and and so again, I'm here doing the best I can to help Susie and you do this. But Susie, let's do this. Let's let listeners uh, drive the show the rest of the way. And again, I really. I uh, want to put out a call to to women to part, uh, participate in the show uh, the second half with a question or a comment or uh, life experience and uh, and let's 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 hear from let's hear from listeners.
0: Well, there's some good texts coming in six five one four six one nine two two six. The text also you can call that. Uh, this is a good situation to talk about. Peg, um, I was a stay at home mom for many years so my social security will be much less than my husband's. Do you have any advice for me related to this? I think that's a good question because that, hap- that does yeah. happen, right?
1: It, it it absolutely happens. So um, I did mention um, social security when I was saying, here's some things you got to pay attention to. And you're right. is Women tend to have not been in the workforce. Now, I know this is changing. Like for my daughter... I think for her generation, you know, close to 40 years old, they it's going to be different for them. So but right now, the people that are retiring and soon to be retiring are still in that era where they had kids and when you're away from your work, you don't get the credits, you know, and so that kind of ripples over time. So we see more so than not that the woman has less social security than um, the husband. well, the the good news is is that the rules are still if if yours is less than your husband's, and at full retirement age, you are entitled to fifty percent of your husband's. And so even in a divorce situation, um, that that still applies. And so I would say to all listeners, Make sure you educate yourself or hire a financial planning firm that can help educate you on all your possibilities, especially during a divorce um, or uh, a loss of your husband. I mean, there's so many things that you have to make decisions about to make sure that your financial future is, um, you know, has a grander probability of success. Susie.
0: Yes, thank you. I'll go to another question as well. Uh, Kind of along the same line, we're kind of in a vein. I receive permanent alimony. It is hard to plan for the future since my understanding is that my ex could petition to discontinue once he retires. Wondering uh, how a person manages that situation. That's kind of hard. Yeah. Unknown. Well,
1: Yes, and and there you really you truly need legal counsel because I, I'm hoping that it's not something that would just be taken away all of a sudden. It would have to be somewhat negotiated, <clears throat> and I'm not sure why it would go away. But I have witnessed with my clients that the alimony has not changed, but then any time at all. A legal battle can start, and then it gets ugly. And then you start to spend money, right, to defend your position. And so it is best if you can mutually make decisions together, and um, hopefully they stick for the long term. Bruce, do you have anything to add to that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I do kind of want to jump in, and and, um, I actually wanted to jump in on the Social Security one. Also, But let's, let's stick with the divorce question first, and then I'll kind of work backwards. And, again, I know I'm not a woman, but I have a couple things maybe that uh, I can add that are relevant. On, on the divorce thing, usually the um, – and I think the, the technical term is um, qualified domestic relations order or whatever. They're, they use acronym for that also. And usually the spousal maintenance or the alimony payments – Stop at what would be a typical retirement age that it's, there's no expectation to continue payments after the age of retirement there's also provisions that, that are put in there I think it 's called a Karen waiver that once you have an agreement you can't the Karen waiver says you can't change it so this idea that I can come back and petition to reduce Alimony or spousal maintenance. If there's a Karen waiver in there, you can't. You 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 have to stick to the agreement you made without exceptions. Or if there if there are exceptions for extenuating circumstances, they're in the agreement. And and if it's if it's not in the agreement, if it's some uh, jerk that just decides they want to change it, they can't unless something has happened that is in the agreement. So the question, the fear of the spousal maintenance or the the alimony going away, I understand it. But if you had proper legal representation and things were set up right, they can't just do that. They can't just stop or reduce their payment. There's got to be a good legal basis for them to do that. But the other thing about divorce, and Peg, you said it, so often it ends up in these bitter um, Mm -hmm. disputes that are detrimental to everybody, to to the participants of the of the marriage, to the kids, and then financially they spend a fortune fighting o- about things that if they could just come to an agreement together, they would end up with net more money because they wouldn't have to pay you know legal fees to to fight over it. So it's unfortunate that so often in my experience it, it ends up becoming you know that that um, expensive and that much of a, of a battle, but on occasion we see, uh, I see divorces that are, are amicable and they come to agreements without spending a fortune fighting over things. So, but the, whoever texted the question, I think you're going to be okay if you had good legal representation when you set up uh, the divorce document. I want to go back to social security though, just for a second, because Peg, I can't tell you how many times over the years, it's a, it's a lot, where someone, you, you brought up the fact that the spouse The non working spouse, the primary caregiver that maybe has a much smaller social security benefit, if any, and they're entitled to fifty percent of their husbands. But again, even in the case of a divorce, I can't tell you how many times I've encountered somebody that didn't know that, that that are eligible for that benefit, and if they hadn't come to see us, they wouldn't even be getting it because they didn't know they were eligible for it. So that's a that's a big one. And again, when we talk about comprehensive financial planning. That's just another subset of comprehensive financial planning. So, um, And then the other one, Susie, I realize you asked the question right before we went to break. Mm-hmm. Peg, I'll maybe let you go first on this one, but somebody texted in, I guess, about the difference between a financial planner and a financial advisor.
1: Yes, and... How confusing is it out there? Because it could be a wealth manager, it could be a financial planner, it could be a financial advisor, it could be still a stockbroker, it could be all sorts of names are associated with the job that we do. So my best advice is is to, um, you know, have an introduction meeting and, and w- within that meeting, you probably have a preconceived notion of what you want this person to do for you and so whether it's whether he or she is called a planner, advisor, wealth manager who cares you got to go in and in, interview these people and then ask them questions and see if they're a they're a fit for you and are they going to do the things that you want them to do So I love doing those introduction meetings, Bruce and Susie, because I call it a two-way interview. Wealth Enhancement Group uh, helps so many people with so many issues uh, because of our roundtable. We have a lot of depth of knowledge. Well, at the end of the introduction meeting, I always ask this question. It's one year later. What is it that I have done that my team has done, that our roundtable of specialists have helped you helped you with, that you are elated that you made this decision. <clears throat> and people kind of get caught off guard with that. And it takes them a minute to say, oh, well, I want you to do this. I'm hoping you've done that. I'm hoping you've done this other thing. Well, at that point, I know, is their expectations higher than what I can actually provide and I'd love, to, I'd love them to know that right now or if I could actually put more, um, you know, uh, if I can give more than they're even expecting, I describe, oh, I can do that and then I can also do this for you and that for you and I feel like why wouldn't you want to know that and know what the expectations are right up front and so I wanted to share, Bruce, that that's a question that I ask, and I feel like that helps tremendously set the stage for a longer-term relationship if I know what their expectations are.
2: Yeah, and I do something very similar. I just think that's logical practice and, and, and helps both parties understand what to expect from the relationship. Susie?
0: All right, here's one. Um, I am a smart, highly educated woman. I love that. My husband mm-hmm. took over our finances 20 years ago when I was busy with the kids. I was okay with that at the time, but now I want in. I trust him, but don't necessarily have the same ideas about spending. And I want to be able to weigh in on financial decisions. Any advice on how to get back into a financial partnership? I would imagine, cause you know, money is can really be tricky. I, as you know. <laughs> so, I <laughs> this mean. Is, this
2: is. Yeah. <laughs> Susie, this is such a good question because honestly, Peg, I want to throw it to you, but the, the amount of times that, as financial advisors, we are wear the hat of a uh, psychiatrist or, or therapist or marriage counselor mm-hmm. because the divisions or, or, or disagreements about money are a huge deal. How do we find that? compromise or that common ground that both partners are comfortable with.
1: Yeah, I think um, I, I, it is hard, right? And I, and I want to reiterate again, I've already said it on this show, that there still is a lot of the guys or the men that kind of run the household money and a lot of women that are just okay with that. And, and I always, always try to encourage the woman to get to the point where this person, you know, smart, highly educated, a lot of these women are highly educated and smart. They just don't want to do that part of the, you know, the relationship together. But then if you want back in, I think the first thing is, is just say, would you be willing, this is, this is my term that I use, would you be willing, because you're asking, you're asking a question, would you be willing to Allow me to, you know, do this with you for a time. And I think the number one reason that you'd want to do that is because this is what we're witnessing. The guy leaves this earth first in a lot of cases. And then it only makes sense. And and I truly encourage the women in a partnership that they need to at least know the basics or be confident enough to pick up the phone and call me and say, "Okay, I'm ready to take this over with your guidance. So I think it's just a matter of asking, would you be willing to allow me to um, do this with you for a time and give the concrete reasons why you want to do it, Bruce?
2: You know, and I think if it's a good relationship, he's going to be agreeable to that, and he's going to want her input and her ideas if there's mutual respect. If he's resistant to that, um, I think they've got other issues in their marriage then if he thinks he has to be the dominant and, and sole decider of how to handle money. I I, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. So, Susie, I know we're almost out of time. We can't take any more questions, but uh, um, uh, we'll end on that note, I guess.
0: Uh, we have less than 30 seconds, but, Peg, are you ever going to do that uh, women in investing group again? <clears throat>
1: You know, we haven't talked about it. COVID kind of halted all those things, but Bruce is on the road, and we have a lot of women advisors and um, women that love to participate. Awesome.
0: Remember, if you did not get your question answered, you can email it to yourmoney@wealthenhancement.com or call 888-6-ADVICE. See you next week.